Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Podcast 003, Kids AI Academy. We're going to debrief Alex. Hello. Hello. Last week was fun. So we talked about values and iterative prompting. Um, and maybe people don't think that goes together, but it did. It went, it went together really well. Uh, I think, uh, and we'll, we can kind of get into the, the values questions itself. And, and I think one of the big things that came out of this, and I'll touch upon it again, because I do want to emphasize it, was the, the kids didn't really grasp the values. It wasn't one of those things where like, yes, this is my value, right? Yes. This is what I do in life because this is how life should be lived. It was more like, I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I, I think there's opportunity there to go a little bit deeper on the values questions. Um, but before we jump into the exercises, what was your overall take on the whole day? Whole day was good. I think the, the kids were all pretty interactive. They were engaged. Um, I think the lesson is getting a little bit more interesting for them because they're they're actually working more with ChatGPT, and so it's not just sitting there kind of learning about AI. So I think it went well, and they're getting more interesting and uh, more interested. And as we will talk a little bit later, um, as some of the exercises where we were using ChatGPT to build up a story, got some really cool feedback from them. They were surprised at you know what the AI started doing. Yeah. So it wasn't just simply like a Google um, interaction where you ask a question and you get a response. They were interacting more and getting a kind of two-way feedback almost. And I think they really enjoyed that. Yeah. The physical manifestation of passionate curiosity when you were working with a Kemi makes this worth it. That's why we do it. It was so, it was just so inspiring to see her eyes go wide and he go, whoa, like literally, whoa, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Literally, that's what came out of her. She just was like, whoa, when she started seeing what was happening. And uh, then they, you know, they all just kind of reading what was coming back as a response. And then they would prompt again and, and ask more and dive deeper into the interaction and, and building the story or creating the story. And they were really surprised. So it's just kind of like the first steps to this whole persona method that we we work with and we're teaching them. So definitely very cool to see. Yeah. And so let's take all of our listeners to how we got there. So let's, let's walk through how we got to those aha moments there. And the exercises that we did this time was uh, 20 questions. It was a version of 20 questions, but they weren't yes, no's because we wanted to focus in on iterative prompting. So I let them have the answers in front of them um, uh, just in the interest of time so that they could start asking the questions. But what they were doing was building off of each other's questions. So they were taking the information from the other questions before them and then asking different questions to see if they could be the ones that answered what value I had particularly identified. So I thought that went well. It, it lended itself both to the values questions and to the iterations. Uh, what was your take on that one? I, I think they're good exercises and they may seem, you just kind of um, looking at it separately, they may seem like they don't really match with what we're trying to teach the kids and with AI. But again, they're learning, learning about themselves and learning um, to use that knowledge to ask questions and how to ask questions and structure questions, which is uh, very helpful with what we're teaching them with, with AI and tools like ChatGPT. So definitely they're good exercises. Yeah. And the fact that they can ask the questions, right? Like that a question exists. What are my values? I love that, they, that, that we're introducing that to them and saying like, look, these are things that you should ask yourself throughout your life because they do change depending on yeah. the stage of life that you're in. So. Well, I think what also is interesting is 
they, they're not just zoned out about it. They participate and, and, you know, they might not think it's the most interesting thing in the world, but they actually participate in it and, and they, they get it. And, you know, they, they get happy about answering questions and they laugh at each other with, mm-hmm. you know, some of the answers that come back. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to see that they like, they're into it a little bit. Yeah, and we pivoted just... straight to building the prompts this time. So instead of like separating the physical exercises with the sit down and the prompting, we did both together. So this time what we did was we did the exercise and then we went straight to prompting and had them build prompts um, with the same prompt word for word, except for the values. And uh, it was, I thought it went well that they got to see the different responses that came out from chat GPT, right? There was some intelligence that was being utilized to generate those responses. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's, uh, it shows them too just one word, uh, whether it's a value or a tone, um, it makes a, a huge difference in what comes back. You know, oh yeah. The 100%. Results are. Yeah. It comes back to clarity and specificity, right? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, love that word. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> So that went well. And then we went into um, to the well, let's let's talk about what went well. Good iterative prompting. We wish would I wish I would have done a matching thing on the values. I think that's something in the future. If we do this online would be a good thing to do is like put the value itself and then mix up the answers as far as like what that value is. And so that they just have to map it out. I think uh, that would have been a fun exercise for them to do. Um, I think but, it would be a little. I think it'd be a little easier too, because sometimes they would it'd be a big pause when we ask them a question and they had to think about it and mm-hmm. read them all. And it was a little bit different, a yeah. little bit more difficult, I think. That exercise though, you know, stepping back, that would not have reinforced the iterative prompting. So I, I, good and bad, right? Like, like maybe we could have done both if we had uh, more time. Uh, the same prompt, what could have been better, we talked about and wish there was a deeper discussion. And this is kind of what I wanted to, to hit on, right? Like they, there wasn't a, a huge deep discussion about, and I, and I don't want to have an Oprah show. I wasn't expecting them to completely change their lives in one afternoon talking about values because, you know, they're 10 and 12 years old. But I, I thought there would have been more. And um, you tell me, was my expectations way too high in thinking that there would be like this deep conversation? I, I like I just said a moment ago. I don't. I'm surprised that they they're kind of enjoying this and getting involved with it, and and they're not just sitting there like, oh my gosh, why are we doing this? Um, so I think maybe yeah, trying to get that much out of it is a little bit of a stretch at this point. That's fair. But, yeah, that's fair. I shoot for the stars, Alex. <laughs> Settle for the moon. All right. Anyway, so moving on, then we went on to the direct iterative prompting, and kudos to you. Uh, we had talked about this. You said you had pulled me aside and, and said, hey, you wanted to kind of get better at teaching and, and interacting. And I gave you some um, constructive feedback and you really put it into play. So it was the the engagement that you had with all of the kids was great. Like I thought- Oh, that's it good. Really it was fun. great feedback and I needed that because I was, I think kind of had my blinders on and I was just focusing on, you know, one person instead of talking to the room and I wasn't uh, wasn't kind of reading the kids and, and taking breaks when, when, when I, you know, I needed to and, and um, helping them out as much. So got great feedback and, you know, I think it, it, uh, I was glad to hear that it went better. It, it went really well. So the other thing I thought would be an interesting idea was I gave them the uh, pipe cleaners to utilize. Um, again, some good and bad there, right? Like, we- <laughs> yeah, Kanji had uh, just to kind of keep them, you know, less fidgety and just focus on one thing. Uh, gave them a whole bag of 
pipe cleaners, uh, put them on a table and said, here, you can play with these. And if you need to My fiddle, bad. you can fiddle with these. And uh, good idea. Um, next time, better idea just to have maybe one pipe cleaner per person instead of a whole bag because there was like, <laughs> there, there's all kinds of creations going on and they were pretty extensive. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit much, you know, iterate, iterate, iterate. That's what we're doing. That's what we taught them, right? Iteration. So we, we took a, a good idea, executed badly, and maybe we're going to take a, a good idea and execute it better next time. So Alex's idea was like, hey, maybe we just give them one pipe cleaner. So good feedback, Alex. Yeah. Noted. Putting it in my, my notebook. So um, yeah, but the the lesson on iterations and telling them how to do it uh, was was excellent. And we just went straight into working with superheroes. And this was a great exercise. And I think, did you generate this from GPT? Yes. So okay. coming up with a lesson, it came up with one example um, to teach iterative prompting. And it wasn't, a, I didn't feel it was a, a very good one or one that would have been very interesting. So I kept playing around with it a little bit and then it came up with superheroes and, and then we're just built off of that. That was awesome. Uh, the superhero, we gave them the, the prompt to say, hey, create a superhero using one of the values that, that you won during the first game or the competition that you were doing. Um, and it came up with some... Uh, pretty lame superheroes that being said like the process itself was awesome but i was like oh i would not read a comic book about these superheroes right well i think it kind of led into because we were talking about values and then i think um for whatever reason one of the like the last values that they picked that's the kind of the value they put into the prompt to get the superhero so um I guess we learned kind of using some of the values and that we had in the exercise as a prompt for a superhero it didn't match up very well. No, and maybe for a younger crowd, it would have worked, right? But um, I think just to explain a little bit iterative prompting and, and why we got into it and we're teaching the kids is again, using the reference of Google. When you ask Google a question, you ask a question, you get a response and that's it. And if you don't find what you want, you ask it another question, but they're not tied or linked together. Um, to get kind of the full benefit of AI and tools like ChatGPT, you've got to kind of build history and you've got to um, just take that initial response that comes back and, and dive deeper into it. So that's what the iterative prompting was, is you ask a question, uh, get the response back from the AI, then uh, continue to ask follow-up questions. And as you get follow-up questions, you're giving more information and that's how you kind of, like in this case, we built a story of a superhero. So we created a superhero, um, then found out what its superpower was. That was another prompt. And then found out, um, we asked it if it had a sidekick and then it created a sidekick. So we just kept going step by step by step to build a story. What was the question, the iterative question that sparked uh, Akemi's passion? Um, I, it, I think it might've been the sidekick one because it came up and, and asked it to create a sidekick. And then, I mean, it, it completely it was a simple prompt you know create a sidekick for the superhero and then it came out with probably four paragraphs of a sidekick and it oh, and it God. was it was from it started out with the name of the sidekick and that the sidekick didn't have a superpower and the, they were best friends with the super the sidekick was the best friend of the superhero and supported him in his journey with the value that was the story was about so she saw that and it was just one simple prompt and because there was probably five other prompts ahead of it, it was kind of building the whole superhero story. Mm -hmm. It kept all that information in memory and then was able to link it all together to a sidekick and uh, gave up, you know, just randomly picked, 
traits of a sidekick. So she saw that and just kept going and going and going with one simple line. And that's, I think that's what really surprised her. Oh my gosh. Well, she definitely had an inspired moment and, and thank you for that because just seeing that in my own kid, is just like, Oh, loved it. And there was another really good lesson that came out of that same example is, um, we were teaching the kids that you, you can ask the AI a question or uh, prompt it for something. And if you don't like the answer or you don't feel it's right, you can ask again. And in this case, when the first prompt to, uh, to uh, I think it was imagine a superhero, the AI, AI came back and said, you know, I'm an AI model, I, I can't do this. Um, so we had to rephrase the question in order for it to create or imagine a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the first response wasn't good. It just simply wouldn't answer it. And then we had to ask it, I think it was three times. And the third time it, it came up and it just kept saying, I can't do that. I'm not programmed to do that. So it was a really good lesson, um, kind of ahead of schedule to, to teach them, you know, you don't have to accept what comes out. If you don't like the answer, you can ask it a different way. And if it won't do something, think, you know, imagine a different way to, to rephrase that, uh, that prompt and it worked perfectly. So we were able to go over that with them. And I mean, that's a good, good example for everybody. Just, you know, you don't have to accept what you get. And if uh, a lot of times you might not uh, get an answer, like if you tell it a good, a good example is you can, um, and for some reason, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work, but you could say act as a chef and it'll tell you I'm an AI model. I can't act and you know act as a person um so then you have to just rephrase that and say imagine you are a chef and you're working for for me and then it'll it'll say oh great i know happy to be working for you what can i create for what can i cook for you today so it's just you know rephrasing questions and prompts and and thinking how better uh, thinking of a different way to kind of attack the issue yeah And, and two things that came out of that right like one experiential learning is so fascinating and wonderful because it isn't linear we're not being very didactic as far as like we're going from point a to b to c what we're doing is we're saying we're going to start at a we're going to get to z somehow and everything that we teach you is going to kind of drop in a, a little bit here and there and but and by that what i mean is like personas came out early right like uh the some of the other the hints and, and tricks will come out as we have to do these practical exercises yeah, exactly. And it, it's, um, I think it's a much more interactive version of the, you know, the stories where you can pick, you know, you, you get the first uh, scene of the story, then you can pick A or B, and then depending on what you pick, you know, the outcome of the story changes. So it's, I think it's very much like that as you, you start out with a prompt, and then you get an answer and you go in a different way. And, and depending on how that second response comes out, it could completely change how you want to get to Z. And you ask, you know, you rephrase your your next prompt. So it's very interactive and can definitely change as you're going through it. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing that came out of that was uh, actually in reference to one of the questions that came in on the newsletter was like, how do we how do we uh, reinforce or teach how to utilize this in a uh, not in a respectful and um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like in an appropriate way, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was another, uh, we didn't expect it, but another another lesson that we learned or we were talking about in in, uh, in this module was, you know, can you use, and this came up in the newsletter, someone was asking about it. Um, one of the questions was, I have an assignment that's due and, it, and it, they didn't say this, but it, it uh, was apparent it wasn't really uh, a subject or a class that they were really interested in. And then the question was, 
can I use ChatGPT to write my assignment? Mm -hmm. So then that led to, um, well, one, you know, you shouldn't use it to completely write you know, an assignment for your class. And two, you can, um, or sorry, that's first one. Second thing, second point was, you know, you can use ChatGPT to get information to supplement what you're doing, but not completely rely on it. And the third thing, going back to hallucinations or coming up with completely made up information was, if you're in school and you're in a subject and you have an assignment, and especially if you want ChatGPT to write that assignment, chances are you're not really familiar with that subject. So remember hallucinations and ChatGPT is really good at, at coming up with a, an answer and giving you facts that sound really good. Um, but if you, but a lot of times they'll be fake or just made up things. So if you're you know, trying to do a, a history project and you get ChatGPT to write that history project, you, you don't, you're not familiar with that subject. You don't know it in depth. So ChatGPT will write something fantastic. Um, it might be, you know, above your level. So the teacher one will know, hey, you did not write this. Mm -hmm. And two, even if you could get it to write as a 12-year-old, the, um, there's going to be some facts in there most likely that are completely made up and the teacher will be like, hey, wait a second. Totally. What is going on here? Totally. And, and the other thing that, that I wanted to kind of really hit upon is like we are building that internal barometer. So Akimi now knows what it feels to be passionately curious, right? Because of the, yeah. the instruction that you gave to her. And so I think one, let's make sure that you are working one-on-one -on -one with each individual student on a rotation so that we can ensure like you are giving them that guidance and then they can they can experience that that feeling of, of passionate curiosity. Uh, and, and two, the, the other thing from there is um, that, that we do want them to understand that they're utilizing their own internal feelings as a barometer is really what we want to utilize as one of the guardrails of saying, yes, I'm using this in the right way. Yeah, exactly. That, that's an important, um, uh, important thing to teach them is they have to use it in the right way and not completely rely on it. Um, and not get lazy and just, you know, let the AI do everything, use it as a tool, help them uh, come up with ideas or create content or uh, learn about a subject, but just, you know, always fact check and, and don't completely rely on it. Yeah. And we are at the knee bone of our curriculum as far as the information or at least the, the framework that we're teaching them. Next up is going to be personas. Anything you want to give a sneak peek about for next week's lesson? I think the personas, I mean, this is all leading up to, to that, uh, that key component to AI. And I think it's, this isn't just going to be, these aren't going to be lessons for just the kids. It's, it's lessons for everyone. Cause, um, in my experience, and I've been learning a lot about this and, and I use it in my own business to, to get results is, you know, if you learn how to use the AI correctly and you take the time to train it and not just use it as a, you know, give me an answer or teach me something, um, you get some pretty amazing results. And I think that the results, one, are much more tailored and specific to what you are actually trying to uh, accomplish. And also, I think it, it uh, helps reduce the hallucinations or getting, you know, those made up information, get the made up information kind of blended into whatever the response is. So the personas is like one big key part to this whole AI. And uh, honestly, from you know, people that I talk to from around the world, and, and I know people that are helping with this, um, helping people learn this, there's not a lot of people that know this kind of persona 
method of using AI. So mm. uh, people either use it like Google or they use it um, with much more detailed prompts, but it's just one prompt. But this whole concept of iterative uh, prompting and creating a persona that assumes a role and then learns the history of you know you or the subject or whatever you know what you want uh, the results are pretty pretty cool yeah uh, they're amazing and, and engaging so that's the the other yeah. thing with the iterations and the personas is it's very engaging and with engagement comes that deep education so looking yeah. forward to that one alex so until Be next good. week everyone thanks for listening and appreciate it Thanks, Kanji. Bye.